1: What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. All right, welcome, everybody, to our latest weekly episode of Topic Thunder. Thunder I'm your host Dylan Hunsinger of Thunder Chats Podcast and I'm joined today by three of my co-hosts first joining us from the state of Nebraska in a cutoff t-shirt Matthew Mullins Matty Mullins what's crackalackin
2: not a whole lot man just uh, another week and I'm uh, happy to be back on with the fellas so uh, let's get this thing rolling
1: there we go also joining us from the city of Seattle he is not sleepless. He is Stephen Dolan from Thunder's Intention. Stephen, what's up? Hey, we won a game. Hooray!
0: Woohoo! Go we team. We
1: can be happy. We can be happy. Hooray. Maddie literally just snapped his fingers. What the heck? All right. And joining us again, back from the dead, Alex Royd from a closet. Alex, what's up,
3: man? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing? Damage done. Go Red Sox. Another championship under our belt, baby! Woo whoop.
1: Yeah, he had to just get a get a little brag session in for his baseball team winning the World Series. So, congratulations! Oh, baseball!
4: To you, sir. Oh, okay, baseball. Gotcha.
1: Yep. Steven's <laughs> Stephen doesn't <laughs> know sports. Must have thunder basketball. We've established <laughs> it. <since. laughs> Big Blue Nation. We all know. Stop it! I was really waiting for him to be like, "Who?" What's that? All right,
4: anyways. Now I'm playing the mind games. Now I've got you thinking I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're I, saying it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's some Popovich stuff right there, man. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into our first segment. And it is a segment we introduced last week in our weekly, and it is called Thunder Grumbling.
2: Let's get ready to grumble! Uh-huh.
1: All right, guys, so I've, I've got a little bit of grumbling to do here, right? So for the listeners who can who have listened before, our audio quality is going to take a little bit of spike today. It's my fault. Uh, we have to use Skype because I can only use one device because I am currently without Wi-Fi. This is how it comes about, all right? So I'm supposed to move to Richmond, my hometown. i scheduled to have my service turned off this past Saturday because that's when was going to move. You don't want to pay for service if you're not there, am I right? Sure. All right, I'm yeah. right. Cool. You're
0: right. <laughs>
1: so I realized that my move out date got pushed back to the November 30th, so I called and told them that. And they're like, all right, cool, cool. Well, you know, we'll fix it. My like, awesome. So I wake up Sunday, and guess what?
4: You, you couldn't
1: check no Wi-Fi. the scores of
4: the college football games?
1: I have no internet in my house. No internet at all. So I call them, and I deal with automated messages for about 30 minutes, just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just going through the runaround,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all for them to say, we can't actually do anything for you right now. You have to call the sales department tomorrow during business yeah. hours.
4: <laughs> when you right. don't need it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so I call the sales department this morning, you know, during wow, business okay. hours, and I go through the runaround again, and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. We, we can fix that for you. Just hold on one second. I'm like, all right, cool. Click. They hang up on me. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? At this point, I'm starting to get really upset. So I call back, and the automated message is like, how can we help you today? And I say, sales, because I know I have to get to sales. They're like, we'd be happy to set you up a new service. I say, no, I'm tired of freaking automated messages. Just let me talk to somebody in sales. So, so I yelled at the automated message person. Did you click the zero button? I, I, I've done that a million times. You tried it? it okay, okay, H-E-T. okay. All right. All right. So, th- this has come to an end, We're here, right? asking. So, I get on there with the person. It's They're like, all right, so what we have to do is we have to send a new technician out there, possibly change out your equipment. We have to run a new credit check. You're not going to have any of the promotions you have on the account. And so, I said, so, you, so, you, so you're telling me that we, I have to do all that for a month, another month of service. After this was your fault, it was messed up in the first place. And they said, yeah, pretty much. I'm like, all right, just keep it. I don't want it.
4: So here so I am. This is going to be a problem for the next month. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. That's uh, so <laughs> right now so, you're saying
4: you're married without a Wi-Fi. Oh
1: my gosh, Maddie Moles, why? But, um,
4: <sighs> I have i I'm going to have a new, another thunder grumbling segment after you're done about that joke. <laughs> i tell you what, I
3: mean, this, okay. this, is, this is a, uh, that's a universal grumble because, Whenever I go somewhere and not even like let's not let's not say Wi-Fi, whenever the LTE is not working, it is a a drag on my life. Whenever that's not happening, so I can't even imagine not having any Wi-Fi in your in your
1: own abode. That's horrible. Yeah, man. I mean, and you know we got two kids. They watch Netflix. They can't watch Netflix now. It's a nightmare. You might have to actually talk to your kids now. Oh. Uh. All right, boys. Well, anybody else got anything to grumble about besides the fact that I'm going to be without Wi-Fi for a while?
4: No, man. We just won. I'm, I'm happy despite your troubles.
1: All right. Well, hey. <laughs> we're we're going to get to that in a second. But first, let's touch a little bit on the NBA in general. Um, the, the big news coming out today and uh, a couple of days ago involving the Cleveland Cavaliers. First of all, Tyron Lue, head coach gone after a 0-6 start. Not very surprising. Hold your thoughts on that. We also learned today that Kevin Love is going to be out for at least a month with a, is it a broken toe or is it just a toe injury? A very vague,
4: yeah, very
1: vague. Toe injury. All right, so obviously I said the Cavs are 0-6 with a healthy Kevin Love. They're going to be without Kevin Love for a month. And they don't have a coach. I think they said Larry Drew stepping up for Tyronn Lue uh, in the short term. What do you guys think about the state of the Cavs right now?
3: Dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> Dumpster fire. State of emergency. Stephen Dolan. I,
4: I think that about sums it up. <laughs> That's horrible. I mean, That's- they came into the, they came into the season with touting the expectation that they would make a run for the playoffs and it didn't seem that crazy and i mean kevin loves really good and he's been pretty good this year right so far they got new the new guy colin sexton a stable of veterans that lebron may have been propping up to look like decent basketball players i think that actually can graduate from the may have been at this point to definitive uh and now you're missing kevin love for a month like Hey, might as that toe that toe injury might as well linger through the rest of the season if you're a Cavs fan, right?
3: Most definitely. That's uh, like I you know, I, I think I said this in the uh, the preview uh, whenever we were previewing the teams, and it's that this team was made literally for LeBron and with LeBron not there, this team is lost. This team has absolutely no identity at all. And so now without Kevin Love, I think I think maybe here's I mean here's a little bit of a partial hot take. I think without Kevin Love, I think they may find an identity, especially through Colin Sexton, um, as maybe more of a running gun type team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this team is lottery bound and will likely be competing for the number one pick next season. I mean next draft.
4: Yeah, there you go, man, it's un- it's a little unfortunate for them that they happen to be in the Eastern Conference, right? Because <laughs> If they were swapped with the Phoenix Suns, they'd be a shoe in for that draft pick. But in the East, they might win a few too many games to grab it from Phoenix. So we'll see. We'll see.
2: And it's just going to turn them into sellers sooner rather than later. Mm
4: -hmm. So
2: guys like Kyle Korver, for instance, could be on the market sooner rather than later. Mm. And a team that is not shooting well from three might be interested in picking him up and acquiring his services. And also Kevin Love might be more of a trade piece and maybe they don't rush him back uh, so that they can move him for, you know, potentially a, a borderline playoff team, similar to what the Pistons did uh, in acquiring Blake Griffin last year.
4: Yeah, and I don't think they can trade him until m- mid-December or mid-January, one or the other. So, you know... uh Medical reports aside, this might have been a good time to shut him down for a month.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I actually had a lot of people in my mentions talking about trading for Kevin Love. And to me, guys, I mean, the best way I had to put it is Kevin Love is basically a super Patrick Patterson um, in terms of the role he was playing this team offensively. And he makes a lot more money than Patrick Patterson, and he carries a lot more injury baggage than Patrick Patterson. Um, I was one lobbying for Kevin Love to come on this team just because his connection with Westbrook, his ability to space the floor. But from what I've seen for these uh, five games in the Thunder and six games for the Cavs, I I think we should punt the brakes on it.
4: I'd take him, but I don't think Stephen Adams would be on the table for him. And and, and it would be really, really tough for us to match that salary without sending Adams out. It would probably have to involve
3: Schroeder, yep. Patterson, and Abrinas.
4: It would either have to be Schroeder plus those guys. It would have to involve Schroeder, or it would have to be Jeremy Grant plus the rest of the roster.
3: So, and, I mean, maybe maybe even like a Schroeder and Robertson deal. And that, that,
4: point,
1: gets, that gets I, you
4: there. That gets you
1: there, yeah. I, I don't know if I want to do that. That that might just me that might be just me, but I, I don't know if I feel that.
4: I mean and, at that point we would have to flip some of the bigs some of the power forwards to try to get a another guard. But I mean man, if you can get Kevin Love for Schroeder and Robertson, like I think you just kinda have to do it and hope for the best.
3: And like I I don't wanna go off on a tangent. This is just
0: yeah,
4: you know,
3: this this may be just my uh pessimistic view, but seeing how how bad jeremy lynn has played uh this season man my my prospects for for robertson even even coming back to being the type of player that he was this season at least i don't know man like a lot you know you got to understand with robertson a lot of his a lot of his uh his ability comes from his ability to kind of be you know move laterally very quickly uh his you know, his his thin frame allows him to get around or under uh, screens a lot better than most people do. And just that, you know, just having that possibility of somebody bumping his knee from the side or I I don't I don't really like his prospects for this season at all.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, the hope is that Robertson is significantly younger than Jeremy Lamb at this. Or, I'm sorry, Jeremy Lynn at this point, uh, so so that's the hope, is that we don't see this injury often in young players. But I, I agree. I mean, I I think that trading Dre as, as bad as it would hurt and as weird as it would feel is not off the table. But I think that's – we didn't want to get off, and, off on a tangent on depressing knee injury, so let's move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, Alex made me sad talking about the possibility of Dre not coming back to full health. Let's talk about something that makes us all happy. That's Houston Rockets struggling to play basketball. <laughs> they are currently yep. one and four. Yes. Um, obviously, you have the caveat they've missed Chris Paul for a couple games. James Harden has sat out a couple games. Um, but they're they're one and four right now. And <laughs> the glaring issue in this uh, in this one and four streak is their defense. And as OKC Thunder fans, I think we see a common denominator in their drop in defense from last year and roster changes this year. Care to elaborate, guys? Hmm. James Ennis, I tell you, he messes up everything he <laughs> gets on. He's supposed to be the difference maker, man. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's just really funny that you've been seeing these reports of the fact that they're really having to struggle to figure out how to rework their constantly switching defense from last year to keep from switching now, trying to have to do some interesting things with Capella with pick-and-roll coverage to keep switches from happening. Because it turns out, when you get a guard isolated on Carmelo Anthony, they tend to score a lot. I wish someone from our side would have mentioned that to the Rockets, because we were pretty aware of that.
2: So, so their defense is in a cappella, right? Like it's just oh him and they've got gosh. nothing else oh. because he's having to try to make up for the lack of talent defensively. Y'all can say, oh my gosh, all you want, but it's perfect. <laughs> um, the team just they don't fit, right? They just don't oh. fit. They're they're oh. not efficient on either end. It's this a completely different team, and it's it's remarkable how. You lose a couple of role players here and there, and then you add uh, one Carmelo Anthony, and it just doesn't work. But people were hating on the OK3 last year.
1: Yeah, and this was my issue going into the season with the Rockets and why I was down on them. Um, More down than a lot of people is, you know, yeah, they have Chris Paul, they have Harden, they have Capella. I know the record when all three of them played, yada, 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 whatever. You replace Trevor Reason, and Luka Karnbaum with Carmel Anthony and James Ennis. Your defense is going to take a dive. And five games in, that is apparent. So, uh, and, you know, it makes us Thunder fans smile. <laughs> I mean, they're like,
3: if you look at it, their best perimeter defender now is an aging Chris Paul. And Chris Paul doesn't, I mean, Chris Paul is still a good defender. He's nowhere near the defender he was, let's say, you know, three or four years ago. Uh, but you don't necessarily want Chris Paul worrying about being the best defensive, you know, the best defensive wing on your team. Um, whenever he has to do what he has to do on the offensive end, regardless of, you know, James Harden and and Chris Paul, and you know they're able to kind of play off each other uh, between possessions. That uh, you know, you mess around and y- you play 70 games in a season. Especially with the with the rotation, the, with the short rotations that Dan Tony has, and you get into the playoffs, they're going to be they're going to be gassed, completely gassed whenever it comes time to that. If they make the playoffs,
4: <laughs> mm. uh,
1: got throwing that uh, little jab there. Cover me, but hey, <laughs> right? help may soon be on the way, according to a report from Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, the Rockets are still pursuing Jimmy Butler in a trade. Woj said that he would be shocked if Jimmy Butler is not on the team by Thanksgiving, or if he's still with the Timberwolves by Thanksgiving. Um, The deal in question is we've all heard about the four first round picks, um, but the deal in question is contingent on what player they get with the four picks. Right now, it's four picks if it's Brandon Knight, it's two to three picks if it's Aaron Gordon. So, fellas, If the Rockets are able to pull this off, let's say for Eric Gordon, let's say it's the worst case scenario for them in the short term, what does Jimmy Butler do for this team?
4: So I think when the deal came across the wire that it was Eric Gordon and um, PJ Tucker, thank you. When it was Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, it was, you could kind of look at that as like consolidating those two players into one, Right taking all the minutes that each of them would play and putting them in one player. Cause he can do some Eric Gordon stuff on offense and he can do some PJ Tucker stuff on defense. Now the problem is obviously that you lose a lot of depth with a trade like that. You, what do they have right now? Seven good players. So then they're down to six. So, so yeah, it's just, maybe I'm being generous, <laughs> but that's how they have to be looking at it. Right. And so, so so then you've lost a lot of depth, and can't. I don't know if Butler can even provide what Tucker provides as far as being able to play up several positions. Mm-hmm. So then you've changed a lot of things. You're increasing the minutes for Mello and then you're increasing the minutes for who, like Carter Williams? Like, that's not ideal. So that trade I could understand passing on. What I can't understand is really from the Minnesota Timberwolves side, you can't Mm -hmm. pass up four first round picks (laughs) for a guy who's about to leave. He's leaving. You take first four first round picks from a team who has an aging Chris Paul uh, towards the back end of his crime of his prime James Harden. And then uh, towards the back end of his prime Jimmy Butler at that point, like four first round picks from now (laughs) you're going to end up getting a first round pick from the Rockets in like 2025 or 2026 or something (laughs) like that could be a really, really good pick and you have young players like you gotta, you gotta play for the future. Like I, they can't be passing up this many first round picks from a team with old players. They can't be doing it. This is,
3: this is the, this is the problem when your coach is your GM, he's not only fighting for his job, but he's, he's fighting for the, for his job. And he's also looking out for the present, not for the future.
2: But aren't they taking some of those responsibilities away from Thibodeau? Um, I've heard that they're just wanting him to focus more on coaching, and now the owner is stepping into it a little more. Um, Also, that is if all four of those first-round picks convey to be first-round picks, right? Theoretically, they might not convey.
4: Well, sure. I I didn't see any reports of the protections that would be on them, if there would be any. Uh, you know, obviously the Rockets would be pushing for higher protection the farther out it got, and the the Wolves would be pushing for no protections at all. So that right. remains to be seen, I guess. But still, like...
1: Yeah, it, and you, it, have, you have to wonder, because, like, you know, we know what Jimmy does defensively. Like, he's a monster defensively, and I mean, he's great offensively, too. But Jimmy Butler's not a guy that moves the basketball seamlessly. Jimmy Butler is, for all intents and purposes, an ISO scorer. And you have two of those in Chris Paul and James Harden. If you throw a third one in there um, and, and you expect to start him alongside those guys, oh, you, you have you have three ISO scorers. You still got Carbell Anthony on your team. So, I mean, just imagine having all four of those guys in the lineup at once. There's not enough basketballs for those four.
2: Well, what this does, though, if they can get him in his fit, it'll allow them to stagger more. You saw them trying to stagger CP3 and James Harden, so they had more of a facilitator uh, out there on the floor. Well, he could run alongside either one of those guys, and he can still lock down the other team's best wing player, which also frees Chris Paul up off uh, his energy to focus on offense.
4: Sure, and kind of piggybacking off of that, I'm I mean, I'm of the opinion and I've said this all over Twitter, if you can get an All-Star caliber player, you just do it and figure it out. Like I don't I don't care. They'll they'll fit. The the problem that happened with the Thunder last year with getting Melo wasn't getting an All-Star caliber player that didn't fit. It was getting an All-Star caliber player that turned out not to be that. I mean, my my main question in this whole situation is how does Tom Thibodeau still have a job? I mean, we all have day jobs, right? We're all just normal, everyday working people. How many times have you directly disobeyed your boss and still lived to tell about it? That doesn't happen. He said trade him, and Thibodeau was like, I don't want to trade him. And he's like, okay, well, we're taking trading powers away from you. He didn't say your job. I don't get that, but... You know, that's a lot of time spent talking about Jimmy Butler.
1: So, have you got
4: something else, Dylan?
1: Well, I was just going to say, you know, you're talking about if you have the opportunity to trade for an All-Star, you take it. And it's funny you say that, because today on Down to Dunk with Andrew Schleck and Michele Barra, they actually brought up a trade which they prefaced as overreactionary to Neuron Snowell's performance, which we're going to get to, and also strictly hypothetical, but... If Nernos Noel can keep keep up this type of play, is Stephen Adams expendable? And the scenario they brought up is possibly trading for, in a package, some kind of package, returning and giving for Stephen Adams for Bradley Bill. And the fan base is kind of shook on this. Uh, I actually put out a poll on Twitter just to kind of gauge what people was thinking about it. And I I actually had a a pretty ridiculous response. And let's see here. 557 votes. 63% say hard pass, so no. And 37% say, I think that's 10 million percent yes. I, I deal with absolutes when I put on polls. But 557 votes. That's a pretty pretty large, sample size in Thunder Nation. What do you guys think, though?
4: I mean, I was active, very active in the comments of that poll saying, as I just said, like, if you can get an all star player on the team, you just do it. I look, I, I love Steven Adams as much as the next guy, more than the next guy. Look at my Twitter avatar, it's literally Steven Adams. Uh, he's 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 my second favorite player in the league next to Mr. Russell Westbrook. But if you can get Bradley Beal for Steven Adams, you just do it and figure it out, and you mourn for him. For the next couple days, and then you get over it because you have Bradley Beal on your team. Like you do it, <laughs> you do it.
3: I uh, I I tend to agree. Um, you know, you think about it, and one of the biggest struggles for the Thunder is shooting. Um, and if on the flip Warner. side, on the flip side, you look at it <laughs> and you say, you know, if we're being very honest with ourselves, how many games has Stephen Adams won for you? He's, he's won a couple. Don't get me wrong, uh, but at the end of a game, do we really look at it and say, "Hey, Steven had a big hand in this," or do we always, you know, usually look at it and say, "Hey, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, um, maybe this season we'll be talking about Dennis Schroder." Uh, so I think I think Stephen Adams is a is a very highly paid great glue guy, a great uh, defensive guy. Um, and if you're able to get a Bradley Beal, somebody that can space the floor, somebody that can, that can give you something offensively that you don't currently have, I I think you go ahead and do it. And then, you know, especially if you have a Noel there to kind of be a placeholder, I think you do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, so I love all the things that Kiwi does. I, he doesn't get nearly enough. Um, he doesn't get nearly enough opportunity to be a big contributor offensively. But I think that it's really tough to be able to pay $25 million, right? If you're going to pay that money for a Boogie Cousins or somebody like that, you could understand. But it is much more difficult when you're trying to run up and down the floor and have spacing so that hopefully creates lanes for Russell Westbrook and Paul George to exploit. It's it's not not really the best situation. But Yeah, and
4: I, I well, but look, I mean I I, I don't even want to, this conversation to be taken and I, and I agree with most of the things you just said, but I don't want this to be taken as as diminishing the limitations of Stephen Adams or or saying that he's not an excellent player and he's a he's a clearly this trade would create holes for us, whether or not we have New Noel. It would create issues on the other end, and even issues on offense. It would. He's one of the best screeners in the game. He's, he's one of the, obviously, the best rebounders in the game, and he's mm-hmm. a force on both ends. But I just think if you can get a wing in this day and age in the NBA, and those are the only people I think Adams is on the table for, is the Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Jimmy Butler kind of players, the two-way wings who can shoot three-pointers. I think those are the players you have to consider, and it's no knock on Stephen Adams. And I love yeah. Stephen Adams, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we all love Stephen Adams, but I, I think a reason this deal is, like, extremely possible, you know, we talked a lot about OKC side. Look at the Wizards' side. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got John Wall, who's a great pick-and-roll point guard, you give him Steven Adams, who is a phenomenal pick-and-roll role man, like, they're going to make some noise. And, you know, Steven Adams could, you know, help him or help that team defensively as far as physicality goes because right now they have Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard hasn't been able to play much. They got Yama And He's not much to write home about. So I think the deal makes sense on both sides, but I also understand why you don't want to make the deal. And don't don't discount
3: the familiar air familiarity in coaches so bradley Beal, the donovan connection at florida and then
1: scott,
3: yeah scott brooks and the adams connection you know at okc so don't discount that i mean if, if, if you know and this is completely hypothetical but if there is to be a uh an honest hypothetical trade it would be something like this and there's history and or, or there's you know there there's histrionics around it for both players
1: For sure. I mean, hey, that's that's a new wrinkle I didn't even think about. So, Alex Roy bringing the fresh takes. And so wait, so
4: so if so so we made the we made the lopsided trade with the Magic and then brought Rob Hennigan back on. So are you saying if we make this lopsided trade with the with the Wizards, then Scott Brooks is back next year?
1: I hope not. our
3: coaching situation is, is just
4: connecting it. dots here yeah, just our, connecting dots
3: our, our coaching
1: situation is not something i want to bring up right now yeah let's not let's not all right well hey well, let's get a little bit more into talking about our team we did in fact play two games um since our last podcast and uh there's actually a little bit to talk about so what do you guys think think it's time to hook up the TiVo.
4: you don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo.
1: All right, so first of all, we played the Boston Celtics at home. Um, The Boston Celtics really struggled to get some shots to fall. They missed a lot of open shots. Um, We was actually playing pretty good against them. Um, We went into the half with a 16-point lead, I believe, and then the wheels came off. Boston Celtics made, I think, 9 of 12 threes in the third quarter. Yeah, Al Horford shot the wheels off. Yeah, Al Horford hit three threes in like 45 seconds. It was ridiculous. And then eh, some things happened in the fourth quarter that didn't make Thunder Nation very happy. Um, me and Steven covered the recap on this, so I'd like to hear what Maddie or Alex has to say about it.
3: I, I think what I think what completely...
1: Number one, so number one on this
3: game, uh, the, the switch of Jeremy Grant for Patrick Patterson. Um, I, I really liked it because I think... Boston has, you know, has two threes playing the 3-4 position. Um, and so you probably needed somebody a little bit quicker than Patterson to guard either Tatum or Gordon Hayward. Um, but what, what I really didn't like was in the fourth quarter, and, and I hope this is not becoming a, a habit of ours, is for the second time in four games. We I don't think we even scored a point in the final four minutes of the fourth quarter of a close game. Um, that's that's very troubling. And then, you know, not to look ahead at the Phoenix Suns game, but we also kind of did the same thing. I mean, it was kind of it, it was the bench out there, you know, it was the reserves and the far reserve as far as on the bench. But it also happened with them. Uh, so that's kind of a troubling trend that the Thunder have been doing here lately.
4: Yeah, I think the I think they ended that last game on a one to sixteen run against Boston, and but like you said though, totally different players in the Phoenix game, so something to watch. But let's not panic about it yet.
2: Yeah, and from my perspective, you know we have good Russ and we have bad Russ, and mm-hmm. Russ can be electric in one quarter, and then all of a sudden he's in the he's in the mindset that he's going to be able to hit every shot because he sees a couple go in mm-hmm. and he can at times shoot us back in the games or he could shoot us out of games. And that was an example of him shooting us out of a game. Um, nobody was really hitting from the outside, but Russ really wasn't hitting from the outside.
4: <laughs> yeah. Everything was <laughs> short. Everything was short in that game.
1: They were
3: They weren't in the first half. That's why it looked so pretty in the first half.
1: Yeah, I mean, the game was ugly in general uh, for the Thunder. I mean, it was so ugly that we didn't really have anybody that we could anoint the player of the game. That's that's how bad it was. Nobody was deserving of that. So we just gave it to Terrence Ferguson because he made all the shots. He made yeah. all one of his shots. And he was, uh, he led them. the team plus minus, plus six. So, we yeah. We had to it, a little,
4: get a little creative with that one.
1: Yeah, for sure. It, it was just really frustrating because, like, like I said in the recap, you know, it's not detrimental that we lose to the Boston Celtics at home. It's the Boston Celtics. They're one of the top four teams in the NBA when healthy. You know, no big deal that you lose to them. The reason that it was cause for concern and much frustration is the way we lost the game and the way we gave the game to the Boston Celtics. And, you know, it just – It was like Nightmares of Thunder's past when, you know, we have these leads going in to halftime third quarter to wait in the fourth quarter and we just let them drop. Um, Brett Dawson actually had a funny tweet and said that this game's Boston Celtics or this game against the Boston Celtics is suing last year's game against the Boston Celtics for copyright infringement because we went into it down 17 instead of down 16 and we uh, lost by six instead of I think like uh, seven. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I thought that
4: was funny. Yeah, and let's just continue to hope that that loss was the low point in the Thunder season because.
1: We picked up our first W! (laughs) Party home. All right, so the Thunder did defeat the Phoenix Suns 117 to 110. The game was a lot. A lot, not as close as the course says, but of course well the thunder. Yeah, a lot, not as close. I know, I know. Okay, <laughs> of course the thunder gonna thunder, and we turned a like a twenty point lead to a seven point lead.
4: Man, it was twenty five with like four minutes left.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's literally ridiculous. Um, obviously there's some caveats. The Suns were playing on a second I have a back to back. They were playing without Devin Booker, um, but. Uh-huh. The Thunder was playing without Hamdou Diallo and Steven <laughs> Adams, who have easily been the two best players for the Thunder up to this point. Am I right?
2: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Undoubtedly so.
1: But no, I mean, the big takeaway from this game was Nern was Noel, starting in place of Steven Adams. Uh, he had 20 points, 15 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, 1 block, 9-14 shooting, and I actually tweeted this DeAndre Ayton had 16 points I went back and looked at all the points he scored of the points that were scored against Nernil's Noel, only 6 of them were scored. DeAndre Ayton was the number 1 pick in the NBA draft Nernil's Noel's defense locked that man up Um, so much to the fact that people are generating fake trades for Steven Adams about him Uh, guys, what else did you take away from this game?
4: Uh, yeah, and and we've discussed some of those fake trades already a little bit. Um I don't personally think that Nerlens' performance has so much to do with them, but he was really great in this game, and there's really not a lot left to say because the Suns are basically a G League team. So I, th- I think let's get on to the forecast. And, I mean, uh, so let me get the, let me let me say that again. They were a G League team in this game, missing. Missing Devin Booker and not having a point guard, so pulling no, no punches. Dis- no disrespect to the Suns. <laughs> I know I pulled. I'm pulling the punch. I literally <laughs> pulled that punch. Okay.
1: All right. Well, hey, that that is fair, guys. We picked up the first W. We got three games ahead, and let's look ahead to our three game forecast. All right, so we played the Clippers on Tuesday night. We've already played them once this season. Alex needs to go. He is uh, He's taking a, a short break here to podcast with us, so his time's ran out. So we're going to clip the Clippers and jump to the Hornets.
4: So
3: at the beginning of the season, what did you guys think about the Hornets?
4: Bad, bad team, bad
3: so they're they're currently three and four. So you would think that they are are going along with our predictions, because I thought they were going to be bad too. But as I kind of deep dived into this team, it's they're a weirdly good team. It's it's kind of it, it's very weird. Like so they have four losses, and three of those losses, when you combine the points that they lost by, it's five points. They did lose by 21 to the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Uh, but if you take that loss away, their average margin of losing is 1.7 points. Um, losing so,
4: losing by 1.7 in those six games?
3: In those three games, in the other three games that they lost.
4: Oh, okay, okay.
3: And so five, five of their first seven games have been on the road. And if I were to tell you what is the... Who, who's the number one team in the league in three-pointers made? Before today, because I, I think, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Clay, Clay Thompson went nuclear. And I, I think he made like 15 three-pointers by himself in this game. Um, but before tonight, guess what team was the number one team in three-pointers made?
4: I mean, at the risk of just guessing it because of where you're leading us, I'm going to guess the Pacers.
3: Of course, yes. No, it's the Hornets. The Hornets have made 91 <laughs> threes so far this season, so they're number one in the league. Um, so, you know, when you look at this team heading into the season, I, I didn't think, you know, I thought it was going to be Kemba Walker and the, you know, and, and the other guys, but it's it's been, you know, that I don't know who, who their new coach is. I know it's not Steve Clifford, um, but whoever it is, they're doing a very good job of getting this team playing like like teams play nowadays, shooting a lot of threes. Um, spreading the wealth around. Uh, so they, you know, Kemba's killing it this season. He's averaging thirty-one point seven points. Um, and then they have literally nine players uh, that have played at least six games that are averaging between eleven point four points and six point eight points. Uh, so they're they're a deep team. They're spreading the wealth. Um, it's Kemba, some shooting guards, Lamb and Monk, um, Malik Monk, BBN. Um and then you have a couple big wings in Batum, MKG, um the rookie, Miles, and um yeah, and those three guys. And MKG is also
1: BBN, just seeing it. Yeah. Him.
3: There we go. Um and then their center position is just basically tall guys that maybe can space the floor a little bit, maybe can roll to the basket, but they're not really that big of of what they do on offense. So it's kind of weird. They're 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 a weirdly good team, and it kind of worries me as far as when the Thunder play them because what they do good, the, stru- the Thunder struggle defensively against. Shooting threes, um, guarding that one guy that can get into the paint, and Kemba. Kemba's, Kemba's been killing it this year. Um, yeah. So I am a little bit worried about this game. Um, it's on the road for the Thunder. And so the Thunder come away with a loss, it would not surprise me at all.
4: Yeah, and I saw a tweet a couple of days ago that said that Kemba Walker is leading the league in pull-up three-pointers, somewhere in the mid-fifties, and that the next closest player is in the mid-thirties. Yeah, <laughs> like so, he's taking a ton of those, and that's going to be on Russell Westbrook. So we'll 30, see.
3: Thirty-two percent of their threes are unassisted, and there—that's that, number two in the league. That's Man. pretty
4: crazy. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of riding on our on the ball defense, specifically against the point guard. So I hope somebody flashes those stats to Russell Westbrook and tells him that he can't do it.
3: They're they're almost going to have to defend this team like they do the Warriors. As crazy as that sounds, they almost have to defend them in the same way.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, James Borrego, who uh, was the assistant with the uh, Spurs last year. And he specifically said in the offseason he wanted to get out and run and gun and have up up tempo. And he noticed that uh, under Clifford they didn't really get a lot of easy shots. And so he wanted to get out and transition and have guys be able to pull up uh, with least contested shots. So yep,
3: it's a it's a uh, it's a scary game for the Thunder. As weird as that, as that sounds.
1: All right, well, hey, that is the Hornets. Uh, what what's our predictions for this here, Alex? What's your prediction for the Hornets? Uh, I. Think All right. Wait, how
4: about this, Alex? How, how about what's just your prediction for the whole for the whole week?
1: All so
3: three. We have, uh, three. I I say we go two and one.
4: All right. With
3: the
1: Hornets being their loss.
4: Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Have a good day at work. All right, guys. See you, brother. Light up. All right. So, we're going to jump back in to the Clippers game that we clipped. We're clipping it back in with Stephen Dolan.
4: Okay. So, the Clippers, I mean, look, the Thunder just played the Clippers recently. So, we're pretty familiar with them at this point. Um, Patrick Beverly's annoying, uh, Tobias Harris is hard to stop when he gets rolling. Danilo Ganonari is still healthy, which we don't know how long that's going to last, but I bet it lasts through tomorrow. Uh, So the Clippers are 4-2 on the season, again, with one of those four wins being against the Thunder. They have four players averaging in double digits now, and it's not one of those they have one really high score and then several 10-point scores. They have Tobias at 21.8. Uh, Gallo is at 18.8, and then Lou Williams is at 16.7, making himself a real threat to take that six-man-of-the-year trophy away from Dennis Schroeder, which Dennis Schroeder has made no effort to claim thus far. And then they have Montrell Harrell uh, at 13.5 points a game. And then they also have rookie Shai Gilgis-Alexander, who's at nine points. So they're they almost have five players. Averaging double digits, which would be pretty pretty outstanding. Um, the Clippers are coming off two huge victories. They smashed the Rockets and the Wizards in their last two games. In those games, they scored 133 and 136 points. So their offense is humming. We're, we're really going to have to bring our A game on defense. And with the, the Hornets coming up right after that, who as uh, Alex said, shoot a lot of three-pointers. This is going to be a challenging couple of games, despite what the opinion of these two teams going into the season was. So in in the last game against the Clippers, Adams had 17 points and 18 rebounds. Uh, As of right now, he's listed as questionable with calf tightness. Adding to that problem, Nerland's Noel is listed as questionable with a tweaked ankle. So... This could be a real problem. The The Clippers are no slouch up front with Gortat and Boban. So that's that's interesting. We, we got to hope that one or both of them can play or this is going to be a real struggle. Uh, last game, Paul George had 20 points on 27 shots, which is an ideal. Dennis Schroeder had 8 points on 15 shots. And Ray Felton who hasn't played in the last couple games, came in for 12 points on 12 shots. The offense really died in the fourth, and as you can see by the fact that Ray Felton got minutes and he hasn't been lately, the other major difference between that last game and this game will be that Russell Westbrook is going to play.
1: Yeah, and what's, you know, you, talk, you talked about Shea a little bit, how he's almost averaging from double digits, um, but he right now he's coming off the bench for them. Uh, he's their backup point guard um last game he came very close to having a triple double off the bench he had 10 points eight rebounds seven assists stop out. Um, yeah while shooting 50 percent also hitting a three uh he, he's been a really nice piece for that team um and you talked about montrez harrell who you know he shot six or seven for um gosh stop scrolling He's been 13 points and six rebounds but a couple of games ago he had 30 points so like they got scores all over the place, and uh-huh. to your point, to your point about hoping one of our big men play. I mean, gosh, uh, I I can't imagine having to throw Tyler Davis out there to guard Bojan Marvanovic, must less Marcin Gorsat. I mean, it's it, it's gonna be fun. It's, it'll be fun to watch, but not not the kind of fun that we want it to be. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, Tyler Davis aside, you're going to have Jeremy Grant trying to guard Boban off the bench? Uh, Like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. Definitely not fun to think about. I I will say about uh, Gallinari, it seems like, you know, he's still healthy, but I think he's coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, He had 11 points the other night in their, uh, you know, 28-point victory. No, sorry, 32-point victory against the Wizards. He only had 11 points. Uh, he shot 4-14. Four um, I know he's been struggling shooting the ball a little bit lately, so hopefully that carries over. Um, what I think is going to be interesting about this game is we're actually going to have a healthy Russell Westbrook versus a healthy Patrick Beverly, and it's always fireworks when those two match up.
2: Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see that match up. I think – I think that they might be not as uh, at odds with one another as we would like them to be just because we haven't forgiven Patrick Beverly yet. But um, this Clippers team, I'll be the first to admit that I thought they were going to be terrible. I thought they were going to be amongst uh, one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. And I have been wrong uh, this whole time. They do seem like uh, one of those older uh, Nuggets uh, teams that, maybe don't have an actual alpha dog, but they have a lot of really good players that contribute. And then one of those players gets hot and they just ride the hot hand. We really do need Nerlens and Steven Adams uh, in this matchup to help down low. But it's not just because I don't want to see Jeremy Grant Ding up Bobon or marching Gortat. It's because I want him to be freed up to go defend Danilo Gallinari because Gallinari got hot when it was Patrick Patterson that was guarding him early on in that game, and then when the switch happened, Gallinari stopped hitting those shots, and then it, Tobias Harris had to take over. So with Russ coming back, that'll that'll allow um, Harris to be neutralized by Paul George, and hopefully Grant can help neutralize Danilo Gallinari. On top of this game being at home, that should all those things should make a difference in this game, if we have some depth in our front court.
1: All right. So we, I think we're done talking about the Clippers now. Like we said, we've played them once before, but there are a few interesting storylines to watch, but let's talk about the team that we have not played once this season and is struggling just as much, if not more than we are right now. Uh, the Washington wizards who are one in five on the season right now. Um, they're not playing their best basketball at all. Um, Right now, Brad Beal is leading the team of scoring 23.5. That's a name that should sound familiar. We just got done talking about him a little bit ago. Um, John Wall, not far behind with about 20.7 points. Only averaging about seven assists, which is kind of uncharacteristic for John Wall. Um, You know, he's kind of been um, labeled as a pass-first point guard. Um, But he's been struggling getting his rhythm, passing the ball lately. And then Otto Porter. You know, the, the guy that has been highly touted by everybody in the league, but specifically the Washington Wizards, is only averaging about 10 points a game right now. Um, and he's also only shooting 21 percent from the three point line. Uh, so definitely not getting the production that they want out of him. Kelly Oubre off the bench is scoring about 14 and a half 41 percent um, from the three point line uh, on the flip side of those wing matchups. And then of course you got Marquise Morris with 12.7, Jeff Green with 11, and after that you got Rivers with eight, and then a bunch of guys are scoring like four and six points per game. So basically they're not getting a lot out of their team. You know we just mentioned that they lost to the Clippers 136 to 104. Um, like I said, they're one one and five in five in the Eastern Conference right now, and if there is a coach whose seat is hotter in the NBA. Um, not named Scott Brooks, then I don't know who it is. Scott Brooks, uh, you know, he's... It can be said that he's lost this team. He came into this team with chemistry issues in the first place with John Wall and Brad Beal. And then you throw Dwight Howard in the mix. The guy hasn't <laughs> played a minute on the floor, but his impact is already <laughs> being felt on this team.
4: It's basically um, a superpower.
1: It, it really he, is. He
4: can't... He's Superman and he is kryptonite. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: all both of them right um so like i said you know we haven't played this team yet but i want to test your guys memory we played the wizards twice last year one game we won the other game we lost uh one game john wall played and brad bill scored 41 points the other game brad bill scored 25 points and or 21 points and john wall didn't play which one do you guys think we won
4: you're not testing my memory. You're testing the memory of my heart right now. Like, I I know just from that description last year, we won the game we were supposed to lose based on the stats, and we lost the other one. Like, I, I know it. I know.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, Brad <laughs> Bill went off for 41 in that game, but Westbrook, not to be outdone, went off for 48 in that game. It was huge mm-hmm. down the stretch. That was one of our only wins in the uh, the hated gray jerseys. And then of course the wizards. Hey, came. no,
4: they're pretty good, man.
1: <laughs> they grew on me.
4: I don't think it I don't think they get enough credit for that was an attempt to go toward a tornado pattern. Which is something that the the franchise has always avoided for obvious reasons. Yeah. But that swirl around the storm gray jersey, that was a tornado attempt. So like they're dipping the toe in that water, and let's hope they go <laughs> further into it later.
1: Hey, I I think it looked a lot better when it was on the players instead of just seeing it. You know the designs. I didn't love the designs. I thought the colors were weird together. But
4: the yellow <laughs> OKC was too small, and also it didn't need to be yellow. That was yeah. that was the downfall of that jersey. But other for than
1: sure. that, I really liked it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, not not to talk too much about the jerseys, but you know um, the other game uh, in which we played at Washington, uh, and it was a six point um defeat um so that that probably has something to do with it the home and away and this game well and behold guess what it's at home so the thunder coming off a victory um you know obviously we'll see what happens with the clippers we'll see what happens with the hornets but there's a very real possibility we'll be entering this game on a three-game win streak hopefully uh you know we can block out all the noise we can go in we can take care of business we can force some turnovers on Wall. who's averaging three a game right now. We can hold Brad Beal to not 41 points. And we can walk away victorious in this game.
4: Uh, just one last thing about that game we lost. That was, that was the game where Josh Hustis, Josh Hustis got it in the corner with a chance to win it. Tried to pump bacon drive and got it stolen. Is that right? That's the uh, game.
1: I- I believe so. That. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up, Steve. It's it's just
4: pretty crazy that this team had so many minutes last season from two guards who aren't in the NBA right now. <laughs> like yeah. we thought they were bad at the time, the league has proven us right. the The league agrees. With, between Josh Usis and Corey Brewer, like that that was, I think twenty four starts or something between the two of them, and they're not on NBA teams. I think Houston is in the G League. Brewer's sitting on a couch. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, moving on. Sorry. It just struck me. Uh, Yeah, I think Russ always gets up for games against John Wall. Yeah. With the way that they're compared against each other, and everybody debates who the fastest in the league is, and I'm – I think there may have been a debate two years ago, but I'm pretty sure Russ has ran away from that debate. You know, like yeah, between nice. John Wall's well off <clears throat> Thank you, between John Wall's off season photos and and how he's looked this season. I even saw somebody tweet um, at Fred Katz, who is now writing for the Wizards for the Athletic, and for a
1: couple of weeks. Anyways, he'll probably be somewhere right, else after that.
4: Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards after dark. That, that, that could go in some weird directions. <sighs> but <laughs> but he, he tweeted at him, and, and Fred Katz said, I don't usually put much store in player tracking data by NBA.com, but John Wall's average speed has just been falling off a cliff for years. And as of right now, he's the last ranked player in average speed per minute played on the entire team and as Mm -hmm. the fastest player in the league that's just not acceptable now he runs pretty far because he's the point guard and because he plays a lot of minutes Mm -hmm. but he moves very slowly he stands around a lot is what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah no i I can understand that and you know john wall is obviously bbn so i love john wall you know he was our first big recruit in the cal era um, but if you recall last year, you know, going back to that game again, after Westbrook dropped the 48, it was the game where the all-star rosters were released, the draft order. And oh, Westbrook yeah. saw his name under wall and thought right. he was take last after wall. <laughs> so that, that that was, that was fun. That was fun to think about. Everybody's like, oh, we should just piss Russell Westbrook off before every game and then he's just going to go off.
4: That was a good one. That was a good one. I'm, I'm just waiting on some beat reporter to take it upon themselves to just make up a slanderous bit of information for Russ before every big game. Like, if they want to help the team, that's how you do it. Just be like, did you hear what that player said about you? And he <laughs> finds out after the game it's not true, but it's too late. It's too late.
1: He just needs the seed planted, right? <laughs> uh,
2: Angry yeah. Russ is my favorite Russ.
1: World
2: yeah, war it, man. Absolutely. And I, I think that we, I think this will be an easy win. Um, I'm, I might need to be reluctant to say that it's going to be an easy win on the road because those don't tend to always come easy for the Thunder. But I think that we've got this one on lock. Um, if Russ isn't healthy, you know, a hundred percent, he can get right there. Especially Steven Adams. And the know well, There's no way that they're going to be able to match up With us in the front court uh, So some of the problems we may have Against say the Clippers uh, Tomorrow night Well the Wizards are going to have those same exact Problems with us um, mm-hmm. Later on in the week So I, I think this one's going to be an easy victory For us I think Russell Westbrook gets a triple Double um, I I think Paul George Ooh. probably gets 30 himself in that game as well. So it's it's going to be a good get-right game for us on the road.
4: I mean, look, other than the free throws, I think there's a solid chance that Russell Westbrook having a sore right shoulder might actually be a good thing for this team. <laughs> like, hmm. he took zero threes in the last game after being like, I might not play because my shooting arm's sore.
2: But this is the man that had a dent in his face and then proceeded to turn around and play the next I, game.
4: <laughs> I'm saying it's a good thing. I'm saying it might be a right. good thing. Just He might not feel comfortable shooting three-pointers. He was super aggressive in that Phoenix game, driving to the rim. Yeah. And if that's something that we continue to see, then, like, uh, who can we hire? Can can we get Steven Adams to just give him a Charlie horse in the shoulder every other game? <laughs> Can we make that happen?
1: (laughs) That's terrible.
4: (laughs) I'm not saying injure him. I'm saying hurt him. (laughs) Oh,
2: God. The views of one Stephen Dolan do not reflect that of the Topic Thunder podcast. (laughs) Pain don't hurt.
1: All right, boys. So, hey, we we talked about three games. Mr. Alex Roy thinks it's going to go two and one. Two victories, one loss. Maddie, what say you...
2: I'm going to be optimistic here and I
4: say 3-0.
1: Woo! All right, Steven.
4: I ridiculously have been yet to predict a loss <laughs> for this Thunder team this season. I thought they would go 3 and 0. They went 0 and 3, and then I thought they would bounce back and go 2 and 2. They went 1 and 1. They're bouncing back come i I'm predicting it come fight me 3 and 0 3 and 0 that that's that's me having predicted 8 and 0 on the season <laughs> <laughs> he's doubling down take this man to Vegas he
2: obviously knows what he's doing
4: but by the time this week is out we will be a 500 4 and 4 mark my words and forget i said them if i'm wrong
1: <laughs> say that say that brother <laughs> no nah, I, I am right there with you man uh literally ever since our first episode i've also predicted three and zero, all right and zero. yeah yeah and I, i've been wrong and uh today it would be easy to go against the grain try to do some reverse psychology maybe trick the thunder into a victory <laughs> um instead of losing a game that's pretty close but punch them in still- their shoulders Oh, God. I'm going to stick with my optimistic <laughs> side, and I'm also going to pick 3-0. Uh, I think with three of us saying it instead of just me and Steven, I think we are speaking it into existence, as our boy yes. LeVar Ball would say.
4: Like we Man. did Dennis Shredder. Oh, yeah. God. That's a thing. Um, That's I'm a sorry thing. that
2: I let the team down and try to be realistic. I will shoot for the moon from <laughs> here on out. 78-4. and four. That's right.
1: The but Boston look, Celtics look. game was the last to hell.
4: But look, here's the thing: like I, I think that it would be really easy for someone from the outside to look at the fact that some of us had predicted five and O, and call us delusional Thunder fans, or mention the word slander somehow, which people just seem to say. Regardless word. of the definition of the word, I don't I, understand. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> it exactly. Exactly. But the fact is, like, and I wrote about this on TI, and Royce wrote about this on ESPN coincidentally at the exact same time. I think he's hacked mm. into my computer or something. This. I blame but, the
1: Russians.
4: I blame <laughs> the <laughs> Royce Russian Young. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, So but the fact is, if the Thunder's shots had fallen at just the average rate for them on and I'm I'm taking the offensive quality and I'm taking the quality of the defense out of this completely. If the Thunder had just made the open threes that they already generated and their free throws, which are things that the defense doesn't affect, right? They would have not been the 28th offense. They would have been the 12th offense in the league over the first four games. So, like, while we seem like delusional Thunder fans for predicting that they would win those games, if they had just made their open shots at rates average for those players, not at league average rates, like, at, at rates average for those bad shooting players, they would have won all or most of those games. So... Like, the offense is good, the offense will get better, and the shots have been good, and they will fall, and we've seen them start to fall. So I think we can continue to expect that.
2: But that's not as sexy as saying hashtag fire Donovan, right? Right. (laughs)
4: True. True. Because he's out there trying to to contest shots, (laughs) making the players miss the wide open ones. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Twitter.
1: Fellas, I gotta kinda go off script here for a second. I, I kinda got a hot take here. So All right. Co- cover uh, him. Cover me here, all right. So Russell Westbrooks played in three games, correct? Yes. He's played in three games. Uh in those games, he has yet to average a triple double. <laughs> um in in the first two that he played, he was two assists shy. And in this last game, in which we won, uh, he was one rebound away and three assists away.
4: Wait, but now, what's his average, though?
1: Well, right now, he's averaging 22.7 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, but just 7.7 assists. Now, as I said, he has 8, 8, and 7 assists right now. Um, like I said, this may be a little bit of a hot take, and I know... I myself have been one who likes to throw the record of the Oklahoma City Thunder whenever Russell Westbrook gets a triple-double. And, you know, we talk about how his rebounding is good for the team, their offensive rating, getting up and down the floor, all this, that, and another. My hot take is I think that this narrative that Russell Westbrook stat pads is going to die this season because it's early. And, you know, we've seen him do ridiculous things. I think he needed, what, like 19 rebounds? Or or no, he needed 17 rebounds in the last game to average a triple-double for the season.
2: Yeah. He needed, like, 31 in the last two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if Russ wants to average a triple-double, Russ is going to average a triple-double. But I think his focus is on something different. Um, I think that he's trying to spread the ball out more. I think he's trying to be more aggressive going to the rim. And obviously, he's coming off an injury, so he's trying to save his energy um, in terms of rebounding the basketball a little bit. I just think the stat-padding narrative is going to die this season. That is my thing.
4: Uh, Point A in argument against your point. Oh, man. If he does not art, if he does not average a triple double this season, the narrative that he's a stat patter will not die. It will become that he's not good enough to pad his stats anymore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will, and 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 that is, it's a self defeating argument because it means that it took talent to do it in the first place. But that's going to be the narrative, and you know it. He can't win. He, he can't. No, he can't. And it's, it's none of his fault, but that's true. Point B is if he fails to get a triple-double average this season, it will not be because of assists. It will be because of rebounds. And this falls back into what I was saying a moment ago. Like, Russell Westbrook had eight assists going into the fourth quarter, I think, of that Celtics game.
1: Mm-hmm. And then then he got
4: no more because nobody made open three-pointers. Assists require people to make open shots. So his lower assists, and we know that he creates most of the offense for this team, his lower assists will happen when people are failing to make wide-open three-point shots. They will fall, and he will receive an assist when they fall.
2: Well, I mean, Russ really doesn't elevate the players that are around him. He doesn't really make them better, right? Yeah. I mean, if you listen to 13-year-olds on Twitter or Golden State fans, that's that's the definite response you get. So I don't know what to believe anymore.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, let's, let's move on from that. Sorry I went off rails there for a second, guys. It was just something I was kind of thinking. All right. Well, the uh, the next segment that we're going to go into is the Academy Award goes to Josh Jackson for the most outlandish flop that actually turned into a charge call. Congratulations, Josh Jackson. You suck.
4: It's the famous <laughs> Josh Jackson.
1: Oh wow. Josh right Jackson. <laughs> R.I.P. 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 All right, but for real. The Academy Award, the Academy of the Award, the Academy Award for the Player of the Week goes to.
3: What does that mean? Do I get? Do I get anything? Do I win? <laughs> do I get I a know. bonus? <laughs> That'll
4: be sick. <laughs> yeah,
3: just I don't know. Seems dumb. <laughs> it does.
1: No, yeah. Noel. Ah. All right, that that was a lot more excitement than I expected. All right, so in the Boston game, you know, he, he didn't do anything to write home about. In 15 minutes, he scored seven points, four rebounds. He had a block. He only missed one shot, shooting three or four. But in the Suns game um, this weekend, he had 20 points. He had 14 rebounds. He only missed five shots, shooting nine to 14. He had a block. He had four steals. And, I mean, he was very deserving of the player of the game. Or player of the week, I apologize.
4: Yeah, and the thing about this week is that there was just really nobody there to take the award away from him. Like, there just wasn't anybody who smashed this category. No, Daniel Day-Lewis or Meryl Streep was to be had this week. So, Daniel so, Day-Lewis. <laughs> well, he wins every time. It's like Russell Westbrook on a normal week.
0: <laughs>
4: True. So the, yeah. for the week he averaged 13 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds, uh, a block and two steals, uh, which you know that's that's pretty good. Uh, he managed to stay out of foul trouble. Um, I, he was just really impressive and he was really dominant and the fact that he was pressed into action at the last minute in the last game, was pretty amazing that he was able to still put forth that sort of effort while not knowing that he was going to have to face uh, Aiton, you know, like a lottery pick. He didn't know he was going to have to go against that. He thought he was going to get the backups back up on the on the Suns, and instead he had to go against a lottery pick, and he totally owned him as as well as owning Tyson Chandler on that one crossover. So. Boy,
1: driving <laughs> him all the way to the rim. So it was I mean, great. We, we, yeah, we've was talked great. a lot about Neural Snowball this entire podcast, but our very own Maddie Moles has a uh, has a surprise for honorable mention.
2: Yeah, so somebody who is highly beloved by the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, fandom, our own Terrence Ferguson, got an honorable mention this week. Not necessarily for something that he's done but something the team did. They decided to exercise the third-year option on Terrence Ferguson. So anytime you can end up securing money and not be highly effective while doing so, I say that you get an honorable mention for doing something well.
4: Carmelo Anthony. I mean, fair yeah. enough. It, it, they, that, that option was never going to get declined. Yeah. The declining of that option is reserved for people who, sh- who demonstrate Absolutely, that they cannot contribute on an NBA level, <laughs> and and whatever Thunder or Twitter would have you believe, that's not been the case with him
1: yet. I, absolutely, man. All right, well, that is that's our podcast, guys. Uh, I will add that we did tweet out to our followers asking them what we, what they thought our record would be in these three games. Um, so far, fifty seven percent are saying, leaning 3-0, and oh, so our fan base is optimistic. Right behind that's 2-1, and one. and there's a small contingency of fans that are saying 1-2 and 0-3, and oh and but as we normally do, we'll, we're just going to dismiss those salty Warriors, or Rockets fans.
4: Yeah, and let's hope there's not a point where one, one of us on the podcast has to shift to being the pessimist out of a desire to win. Let, let's hope that we keep being able to predict these undefeated weeks with some sort of hope.
1: Can't be
2: me.
4: <laughs> Can't be me.
2: Well, I'll I'll be negative enough for all of us. So there you go. <laughs> Except oh, for this gosh. week, we're going three and zero, baby. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: right. Speak yeah. it into existence. All right. With In that. the being shredder. S- oh gosh. Start the Spaniard hashtag. Start the Spaniard. <laughs> we're gonna we're yo. Gonna get can every we just say? Going.
2: Can we just say how great was that watching PG give the the beard rub oh, after hitting so half court three? It was so yeah. cute. That warmed <laughs> my heart. <laughs>
4: All right. But, like, well, honestly, uh, but but just, like, seriously for a second, isn't Paul George's opinion matters on this team, right? Like, yeah. if he thinks, if he's if he's looking right at Alex Abrinas after a long-term three and doing Alex Abrinas' three-point symbol, like, we've seen how the Stars opinions of players can impact their playing time like can we hope that they're starting to like alex abrinas
2: I mean, when we start when we start seeing alex abrinas in a gatorade commercial with paul george then, you know it's <laughs> it's good to go
1: i mean hey he went over 5 last game shooting but he, he played some downright good defense so i, think I noticed we, him yeah we're, we're trending in that direction yeah but, hey, with that being said, the start of the Spaniard, the Shredder, the player of the week, all that being said, we're going to go ahead and put this pod t- podcast to a close. You guys can find us at top, OKC Topic Thunder on Twitter, on thundersintentions.com. Now that's thunderbasketball.com. You can find us on iTunes, in which you can subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a positive review there. Um, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, and For me, Stephen Dolan, Maddie Moles, Alex Roig. I want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys come back. Y'all have a great night. God bless. Thunder Thunder up.
4: Thunder up. Thunder up.